Hi, I'm Rob Banstone, and welcome to the 64th edition of the Leader Post Rider Rumblings podcast. Uh, each week, we pick uh, some rider uniform numbers that correlate with the number of the podcast. So, number 64, currently Dakota Shepley. Uh, formerly Ken Moore, one of the most underrated players in rider history, he was a starting left tackle, left offensive tackle on a Great Cup champion. Once upon a time, among the many numbers Ron Atchison wore, he wore number 64. <laughs> Best remembered as number 41, but we weren't doing these salutes when we got to podcast number 41. So I want to give a shout out to the great Ron Atchison. We have with us today, Murray McCormick, and we have today as well as a special guest. I can't remember his first name, but he's Ethan Ball's father. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it. That's, that's, My, that's Michael Ball mm-hmm. from CKRM mm-hmm. and the Growing the Game podcast. Yes. And uh, Chad and Ballsy and any other affiliations yeah. I should mention. You know, I think that's good. That's good. <laughs> Formerly of the Regina Rams. Back in the day, yes. Uh, number 10. Yeah, good job. So, yeah, it's my son wears a number because of that, which is kind of nice. Really? Yeah, he, that's what he oh. said. Yeah, he said he wears a number because of that. So I know on the recruiting trip, a lot of the schools are using that for, we're not going to give number 10 away. We're keeping number 10 until you decide what school you're going to. So. Is he oh. bigger than you? 6'2". So how, you know, he's bigger than you, I guess. Yeah, he's bigger than me. Oh, is he fa- he's faster than you, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's... Which takes some doing. I, are, is this like, uh, <laughs> do I need counseling after this? It's like I come in here, he's bigger than you, he's faster than you. Yeah, he's, he's, young, he's younger than you. He's least, younger than me, has more he wears hair your, than me. At least he wears your number. Well, take right. that. It's his number now, right? His no, number, yeah. yeah. No, it's no, it's uh, interesting. I, I don't even know if he's mine, but I'm going to take him. Yeah. 6'2", I put all the effort into... Getting him to where he is, so there, yeah. I'm going I'm to keep him. Yeah. Uh, Number anyway. 10, Dale Howard, Chuck, Gila yeah. Fleur, some great men. Ethan guy. Ball, Michael Ball. He's just you a know, numerologist. Dan yeah, Far- Farthing. Me. Since John Lynch retired, this guy's the Rolodex of all the stats. The thing with Lynch, and I love John Lynch, is he rattles off so many stats Half of them are wrong, but he says them so fast you don't exactly. know what he's in. There's no way to fact check it. It's, it's absolute machine. <laughs> he's always done. It. He's always done that too. That way too. He's, there's no way to check them. Sometimes you know he's wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately, just, I, I put the roll in Rolodex lately. I apologize. That's so. okay. So I didn't. I, the intro there. Sorry for interrupting, but the intro. You weren't doing the number salutes up to 41? I can't remember where we started it. I think it was Mark Melnichuk, our producer, may know. When did we start doing this number thing? Because we didn't do Ronnie for 23. We didn't do uh, George Reed for 34. You mean, was, you mean the Sandman, Ladofius McCullough never got honored? We're I, number one? I know. Oh, yeah. we, we didn't think we'd get to number two when we did number one. <laughs> we didn't think we'd be doing this in the off season. I think that's when so, we started. I think it was one in January where we started to go to the numbers. I, I don't know what to do when we get to triple digits. Because, um, hmm. Yeah. I don't so, know what you're going to do. <laughs> so I don't know if there's some obscure sport somewhere in the world we where they wear. weight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope we last that long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, well, that's our podcast for today. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. What, Houston, did we, what did they do last week? Nothing. Nothing. And what are they going to do this week? They could do a lot. Well, I think. What is Ottawa going to do this week? Nothing. Nothing. Um, That's exactly it. Uh, can we talk about Ottawa for a second? Sure. Can we talk about the CFL for a second? You need to win with what? Quarterbacks? Do you guys agree? Pretty well. And it Canadians, helps. right? Yeah. Uh, Ottawa rolled the dice and gambled. I don't know if they were playing money ball with Trevor Harris, but they screwed up. I mean, come on. Yeah. Tre- like, and Greg Allingson. I don't think, think yeah. Well, well you can list about 12 of them they didn't sign. Right, but those two are. <laughs> those... Caleb Hawley's still playing for them. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, like, I don't understand <clears throat> this. Like, you need a quarterback to win. Yes, Trevor Harris, I could take him or leave him, but I certainly can take him better than what they've got there in Ottawa. Now, that's a disgrace. Yeah. Well, like, 
the writers could have been in that position too. Yeah. If Cody Fajardo hadn't have discovered him and yeah. stood up and back Zach Clarus just hurt so quickly, we could be saying could easily be saying the same thing about the writers, but Cody Fajardo's been this miraculous recover standing up type of guy that's helped him out. Like yeah, no, so, I, 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 I know, I know, I know what you're saying about Ottawa. Yeah. They, they have Jonathan Jennings. Isn't he lurking around there somewhere? Yeah, how, is there. He, how is he not playing ahead of Dominique <laughs> Davis? I don't how know. How is this possible? How do you go from almost 6,000 yards passing or whatever he had that year to he can't even hit the broad side of a barn? Yeah, like, no. talk about confidence, right? Confidence is such a big thing. I mean, you see it with you see it with the riders. He was Shaq, Shaq Evans. Yeah. A guy last year, uh, once again, I, I was on record saying I could take him or leave him. Like, he makes, he makes a great catch, but he drops the routine once. Guy's got confidence. He's making all the catches. Now he looks yeah. like a revelation here in a second. If here. you put number 10 on the broad side of the barn, it would still be caught. <laughs> How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Got to get that in. Or number go. seventeen for Joey Walters. There you go. Okay. Um, I got the Joey Walters. There you go. You got to get that in. Got to get that in every week. We haven't yeah. mentioned Deron Carter in a long time either. No, but Tay will get the podcast number eighty nine. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've mentioned him in BC very much. Not either. very often either. Um, the two bad teams are the two bad teams right now. I think that's bad for the league, isn't it? I think it is. I think Ottawa's. You look at the the crowd didn't look very big that last game. It didn't look. How can you say crowd doesn't? But didn't look full as it normally does. Yeah kind of seems to be more empty seats. And that's sometimes because they offer so many things in the concourses that you can't really judge by the that's number a good of people po- in the that's seats. That's a good point. Like even that Toronto game, they were saying it was a great crowd at the, yeah. at the at, cause they had the exhibition there. Right. Yeah. And I looked at it and it didn't, it didn't look terrible, but didn't look great. But then I saw a lot of people standing around yeah. the end zone, even the Winnipeg blue bomber games. You're like, this oh. is a great football team. Why is nobody at the games? But I think you and, you're, you you guys are a little younger than me. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Since we're staying with the theme Let's of cutting ballsy down. Yeah. No, but, 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 you know, we're from the generation where you bought a ticket and you sat in your seat and that's what you did. Now people come to the game. Like they designed the stadiums with rum huts and Pilsner yeah. places. They're not designing it for you to sit down. So as long as the tickets are sold, people are walking around. It's hard to judge, you know. I mean, I think we can make a pretty good assumption of what's going on in BC, Toronto, Montreal. But you look, yeah. at, the, you look at the attendance figures they're releasing yeah. and they're down everywhere. Yeah. yeah, precipitously in some places, marginally in others, but the common denominator is they're down. So, why do you guys think that is? I, th- I think Thursday night football. I really think, th- but mind you, they put on a great product. Yeah. I just don't think Thursday night. Maybe, and I'm just based on my opinion of what I watch. I don't think people want to go to a game on Thursday night as much as they do. Yeah. But that doesn't account for the other pictures. But that's just a yes. My thoughts. I think it's increasingly easy to stay home and watch. It's better. <laughs> uh, people are spending more than ever on or. Actually, the, these TVs are going down in cost, so you, they're spending less than ever on great televisions. Yeah. And, and uh, you go to a game, and, and you've seen this in the, in the States and in places where concession prices are being slashed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's it's more of a concern in the NFL where you got to pay $40 to park, and then you go 40. to the game, you know, 40 or 50 or 60. <laughs> you wonder how, how that is sustainable. Well, parking just, was bad back in the day with the BC Lions, too. I went with my uncle before he passed away. It would have been 1992 because we were playing the Paul McCallum and the Surrey Rams the next day in the playoffs. But we went to a BC Lions game, and he said, I'll tell you what. I'll buy the, I think, was Tony, okay, forgive me, was Tony Rice the quarterback of the Lions at one point? Don't think so. He was no, here. He was here. I know he was here. Who, uh, left-handed quarterback, BC Lions. They were in their black jerseys. Ah. Uh, what was his name? Anyway, that's how I remember. So anyway, I go to the game. I said, okay. This is going to bother me for the rest of the day. I know. I know. Uh, Uncle says, you buy the tickets. I'll or I'll buy the tickets. You pay for parking. I said, okay. Sounds like a good what? deal. I don't know what the hell. 
He bought $9 tickets in the Safeway section. We walked in. We could sit anywhere because nobody was going to the games. It was right before Flutie got there. And, uh, yeah, uh, I had to pay for parking. And parking was 30 bucks back then. Oh, yeah. And there's not many places to park around BC. And I don't, I don't disagree with you. Time. I think it's a fine. Like, they're trying to. They pay a lot of money for the rating or for the, for the product. So they want good ratings, right? Yeah. And they probably have good ratings. Like, everything we hear, they watch the games in oh, yeah. southern Ontario. And they watch them in BC. But... Thursday night, you try to like you, you want to drive in to BC Place wherever you are to watch a game on Thursday night. Get out of there, get back to your house. You don't, you don't want to go, right? Yep. Same with Saskatchewan. You're Hudson Bay or PA or a lot of people get rid of their tickets for Thursday night because they don't want to. They just don't want to do it. They got to work the next. And day. Plus, I think the other factor is the game isn't as entertaining as it used to be. Oh, there's that's a, an old guy quote there's right a there. Lot, <laughs> there's a lot of sameness. All the offenses look the same the innovators are have absolutely been eradicated from the canadian football league it's all bubble screens it's all run pass option most of the teams are playing a zone defense that makes it really tough to go over the top uh and you're not the 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 calgary montreal game last week was an exception Mm -hmm. um i guess the hamilton ottawa game was at the other end of the spectrum you don't see many that bad either but what you're getting is a lot of games that aren't real they aren't classic CFL games. And how many times do you hear a guy coming to the teams now, new teams? I, he already knows the system. Yeah. Already knows Every, the system. Everybody's running the same system. I don't remember him playing back into a system back in 2012. And so he knows the system. Like, what's distinctive so. about teams anymore? Yeah. I, mean, I remember when, the, again, I'm sounding old, but the Calgary used to come in and it's, okay, they've got Peter Lisk and they're going to be bombs away, whereas this team's more conservative. Or Winnipeg would come in with, with Don Jonas, and Don Jonas hated to throw any pass less than 30 yards. Right. And, and, and you had these teams that had, had some distinctiveness to them. And I just see a lot of sameness there because I don't see a lot of marquee value. The league does not build, nor does it market its stars very well. Well, because all the quarterbacks are hurt. What are we down to seven of the starting nine have been hurt this year? I was going to ask you guys, I want to touch on that a second, Rob. I want to ask both of you guys. I'm asking questions instead of answering them. I want to ask you though, do you, do you think it's good for the league or bad for the league that we have these many quarterbacks out? Oh, I think it's showing it's bad for the league. I think we're missing some of the best quarterbacks in the league doing things that we like to watch. But at the same token, we're getting to see Cody Fajardo step mm-hmm. up and Vernon Adams gets a chance to step up. Yeah. Whatever Dominic Davis, Davis is doing. <laughs> <laughs> After week two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go one, figure he had his good game against the Riders. Good game too, yeah. What do you think, Rob? Well, it's never a good thing if you're losing Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, Matt Nichols, players yeah. of that ilk. But... Look at what Nick Hart and the Carbuckle did last Saturday against Montreal. They lost, but he was 31 for 36 for 370 with four touchdowns. Yeah. So I think they've survived the, in, in, in a lot of cases, they've survived the absence of the quarterback pretty well. The, it's, but I just think by and large, I, I don't think there's a real player. I think there's a huge player identification issue in this. Like the one-year contracts yeah, that have not helped at all. You know, you, you, you've, you've mentioned him a couple of times, Cody Fajardo. I think it's really cool uh, recently where he said, you know, my favorite number is 17, but I'm not going to switch it right away because yeah. everybody spent their hard-earned money on number seven, so I'm going to keep number seven. What I like about that is the riders, to me, feel like they're getting back to being the riders. 
And then maybe this, maybe this is an old school comment, but it feels like it's our team again. It feels like mm-hmm. it's, you know, with Craig Dickinson as the head coach. You know what I like about Craig Dickinson? He's human. Yeah. yeah. He's a human. He makes a, a mistake. Human. He admits it. You know you what? You can talk to the guy. My call-in show, I was waiting after the last home game when he didn't call a timeout at the end of the first half, right? And they had to do that whole... Cody Fajardo was it where he scrambled and kicked it or where anyway he uh I was waiting for him to just brush off the question that you guys always ask him in the post game and then I'd be answering it repeatedly after in the call-in show he said no I made a mistake I didn't I did I should have called a timeout boom ends any controversy I love it yeah and and when he addresses you it's Murray good question or Rob good question he gets it he's a human being he gets it he knows how to play it's not easy to get it's not easy to get fans and media on your side we're dumb we're dumb. We get, no, I mean, we okay, are. Okay. We're you, you agreed to do this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're dumb. We're, well, no, we're dumb in this sense. Is we're easily sucked in. If you treat us with respect oh. and you rub our backs, you know what? If he goes on a three-game losing streak, yeah, you guys are going to be impartial and you'll call it like you see it, but you're not going to be as – you're not going to look this well, look, It's just human nature, look right? At Ken Miller. Yeah. Now, suppose that the 13th man game had unfolded as it did and – Let's say, okay, Chris Jones was a head coach who didn't really curry a lot of favor with the public. There would have been vilification and possibly a termination there. Yeah. If if an unpopular head coach had been the losing coach in the 13th man game, oh my goodness. Yeah. But it, Ken Miller was the head coach. People loved Ken Miller and people empathized with him. They sympathized with him. They supported him. Yeah. I, I didn't rip him for probably the most grievous coaching error, strategic error, error in, in Rough Riders or even CFL history. That is but a good. That's it a good actually point. it almost enhanced his popularity because he was a sympathetic figure. That's a good point. You know, you guys. I was only four when '76 happened, and we still hear that more than we hear about the 2009 game. Like, I, I was a, 12, and I was at that game. So it's well, weren't you at the other one, the 09 one? I was at that one yeah, too, but, yeah, but I yeah. cried after the '76. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you doing after the 09 game? <laughs> Writing, rewriting. <laughs> that is the old. Is that that's the only time a team has led the whole way and, and lost. lost. Yeah. Yeah. With the clock on zero. Like, never, you can't... That is worse than Tony Gabriel. That is I worse. Think it is. That is worse than Tony Gabriel. Tell that to the 12-year-old me. Yeah. Like, Tony Gabriel... I cried. It's the only time I've ever cried at a sporting event. No, first game of the first Winnipeg Jets game I went to yeah. in 2011, their third game, third home game back, I cried. Yeah. 76th Grey Cup, I sat in the stands at Exhibition Stadium, and I bawled. Tony Gabriel didn't even know where he was. He had a concussion because he got smoked a play or two before he told me. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know what to do. He just ran and he looked yeah, up. Bill Manchuk had yeah, cranked Yeah, him. he looked up. He, he didn't know what to do in the huddle. Tom Clements told him what to do. And he ran out there and he looked up and the ball was there. Like a guy with a concussion beat us. He beat us. But that isn't even, like Murray, that isn't even as bad as the two. The 2009 game is worse. And you're absolutely right. It just went away. Yeah. It went away. It, 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 was, like, it was almost like a rallying cry. And it, but that was Ken Miller. Yeah, you're right. That was because people liked Ken Miller. Well, were you ever going to get on Ken Miller's case? Ken Miller, when you watched him on the sidelines, it looked like sometimes he was looking out there going, did I leave the sprinkler on at home? <laughs> is the oven on? Yeah. yeah. Did, did I leave the oven on? I remember one time, uh, Zark is telling me this story. Maybe I've told you this before, and if I have, I apologize. But Zarkas, they're in Hamilton, and there's a, there's a play that happens in Hamilton, and it's, challenge it, challenge it, challenge it. So he reaches into his pocket and throws the flag onto the field, and in Ken Miller fashion, turns around and goes, men, what am I challenging? <laughs> Uh, 
But to a man, the guys say that they'd run through a wall for that yeah, guy. Oh yeah. And that was really what Greg, Greg Marshall never really got a fair shake here. Like no, you go from no, you go, Ken, Ken Miller's hanging around over Ken Miller's over here while he's a totally different personality freaking out over here. And these guys are like, okay, you're own one, you're own two, you're own three, you're own four. And why are we listening to you? Cause we just had success with this guy. He never yelled at us once and you're yelling at us. Like he never stood a chance. That was a big mistake. Well, you talked earlier about the uh, Craig Dickinson and, and, yeah. and owning up to mistakes. And I remember one time Ken Miller. I don't remember what he did, yeah. but it was a it was a it, it was a kind of coaching error that can only be made by me in Stratomatic football. Once upon a time, like it was it was absolutely a ridiculous coaching error. So I remember walking down the ramps at, at uh, Taylor Field and down downstairs to do interviews. And I I was writing my column in my head. How I was going to rip the head coach. So that we sat down and Ken came out to meet the media. And I asked him about the that call that he yeah. made and he goes yeah i probably shouldn't have done that and it totally disarmed the column because it's hard to write with venom when the guy owns up to it yeah so the column went from being what a stupid coaching move to kudos to ken miller for being a stand-up guy and blah 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 blah, blah yeah. right yeah that's how you can change the conversation just by being civil and human yeah i have I not totally, hard to do i totally agree where do you guys what do you guys think what do you think murray of Stephen mcadoo because I get, I get Stephen McAdoo calls, fire him, oh. fire him, fire him, and now I don't get any. Yeah, where'd those go? Yeah, where'd yeah. those go? Well, I think he's, I think he's doing a great job with what he's got. I think he's, yeah. he's using Cody Fajardo the best way he can. He's got Steve Walsh. They, they're using, as I said, I don't know what they can do with Cody Fajardo. I think he's got a quarterback that actually listens to him, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Zach didn't, but I don't think Zach and Stephen and Chris Jones all hit on the right. We're hitting on the right mm-hmm. cylinders. They didn't appear to be too close, but I think. There's nothing you can do to say other than, and they won that still shortened game without scoring a touchdown. So I don't know what you say about that, but <laughs> yeah. that's still one of the things. I, I think Stephen McAdoo's doing a pretty good job. And now again, he can go out against Ottawa and not do anything, and we'll mm-hmm. be all after his head again. But what I find about Stephen McAdoo is when we interview him, he's accountable. He explains what's in his mind. He explains what's happening. He doesn't give you a bunch of coach speak, which another guy in a higher position would give you last year when you tried to grill him on questions on some sort of strategies. But I found Stephen McAdoo to be I find, yeah, as I said, a lot of the criticisms are deserved, but I think he's playing his way out of them right now. Yeah. Two of two of his three years as a part two of his last three years as a Riders offensive coordinator have been good ones. Oh yeah. six, they didn't have an offensive line, and their leading running, the leading rusher didn't even have four hundred yards. Yeah, they just didn't have the personnel. In, you know, in twenty sixteen, but twenty seventeen, they lead the league in touchdown passes. Last year, they. We're last in the league in touchdown passes, and this year that was schematics. I think that was just don't screw it up. I I want my defense to win. And they had that's no, it. obviously had no faith in the people who were operating the offense or their personnel. It was just it was almost like the rope a dope. Just don't you know? Just yeah. just hang back and let the defense win this battle a, of attrition. A punt was a good offensive yeah, play. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. By by the way, where do you, and punt. Where do you guys yeah. sit in this? Because I get this. Holy too. smokes! Yeah, I know. I got this. Where do you sit that's in this? Great. John Ryan. John Ryan out kicking his coverage. Only in They've got s- such slow people covering punts. <laughs> yeah. Murray could cover punts with more adeptness than some of these slobs okay, that they've got trundling downfield. <laughs> Just watch who, watch how slow they are getting downfield. Where's yeah. somebody who can run as fast as Ethan Ball yeah. covering punts? Yeah. For example, point. in Montreal. But he's, he's not kicking outside the numbers regularly. If yeah. you watch that, you yeah. can see, you see, I was watching the game, even that one on when Montreal returned on the, it was inside the numbers, right? Yeah. So he's not getting the directions you'd like him to get. I yeah. think, and I'm not saying he's out kicking. I think, I think he's trying to figure it out still yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I think, in Montreal, John Ryan has a 50 yard punt with 4.2 seconds of hang time, long return. 
Boris Beatty comes in with a 50-yard punt with 4.3 seconds of hang time. Same distance, one-tenth of a second different. But the coverage people on the Boris for Montreal were so much closer yep. to the returner than the Rough Riders people were with a with an absolutely with a virtually identical punt. Well, if you wa- Get downfield faster and cover well, Craig the thing. Craig has mentioned he's got to work on the coverage. He said that. He's I'm, still, I'm interested to see what tackling. he I'm, see, I'm interested in what he, he the what he's come with schematically yeah. and and by, during this bye week and maybe even personnel wise. Yeah, you watch a couple times. The, even even if they get down there fast, the gunners are running past the guy. Like you can't, you yeah. got to break down around the guy. The, the BC Lions. They uh, they took the cheese on their on the reverse. You know what I mean? You, that's not John Ryan's fault. That's not any. But you know what I mean? It's just it's well the forty the forty five yard return that Montreal had. There were five guys within two yards of the returner, yeah. and he still broke free. It was like running a, the old training camp drill where there's a bunch of people on one side, a bunch of people on the other side, and you have to run between them. Mm. He, basically, the retrie- ret- returner ran the gauntlet. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing wrong with the punt. There was a lot wrong with the, with the punt the coverage. coverage they, is they, need a better, it, they need better people on coverage. They're not the only team with bad kickoff coverage. Nope. It seems to be a trend. What are they? Fourteen kickoff returns this year, I think. Is that the yeah. number? That, yeah, the uh, it's no, it's nine. It's twenty. It's it's nineteen or something. It's so ridiculous. It's a re- incredible number, and it's all bad tackling. It's all bad guys going outside their lanes, and they and it's all schematic stuff. That's just. But at the same token, we have some great returners. This is that's part of the league. We're kind of. No, we're looking at blaming the special teams people. What about the special teams people that well, we well, break them free for these long butt returns? Two, two theories. Oh, could any of them sign with Denver, please? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> two no. theories that have been floated out there is um, more guys are coming up here from the United States because they've basically eliminated kickoffs in the in the U.S. and in, in, yeah. in the NFL, right? Yeah. And then the other one is our tackling and lack of tackling and no tackling in practice. Yeah. I talked to Davis Sanchez and Sam Hurl about that. They're kind of on the fence. They don't know. Davis says, I've never taken a guy down to the ground back when we could tackle in practice. So I don't know if that's an issue. But tackling looks terrible. I, I can't see how... Like, if you had to type your article with only your right hand or your left hand, you could never use your right hand because you might hurt it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to be – half your skills you can't practice. It makes no sense to me. I don't I don't get it. And how many I, – I don't see – I didn't see a lot of injuries in practice. I don't know if there, maybe there's contact injuries like my time, like not to warrant this. Yeah. But I've seen a couple. I know I've seen a couple. But still, I mean, I wonder why they limit it for safety issues and then – it, look, yeah, it looks bad. It looks atrocious. Like in that yeah. Ottawa-Hamilton game, it was bad on so many levels. I was surprised there wasn't more points scored because the tackling was terrible. Wasn't that a horrible football it was game? Wasn't it a 4-1 at one time? It, for a one time at most of the time. <laughs> yeah, when, I've been singing. When, when <laughs> at, Luke, one time, <laughs> at one time. When Luke Molander was in the podcast last week, he's, he, he bristled at it. He said, everybody's saying it's the return of the year of the returner. It's not the year of the returner. It's the year of the, it's the, year of the missed tackles. Yeah. It's the year of the backup quarterback is yeah. what it is. That's really what it is. It's the backup. This league is proving this year that you need to have not one but two quarterbacks. You need two guys that can quarterback. And next year they're going to just two quarterbacks on the roster. I know. What's that like, all What about? is that all about? Darian Durant never would have gotten a chance if that rule was in effect. Well, Fajardo wouldn't get a chance. Well, he might have got a chance this year. But in the past, he yeah, wouldn't no. have. No, I don't and know. I don't, and there's people that's like we can touch upon that storm shortened game. The players in the CFLPA agreed to short an hour was enough time, and I can tell you, I don't think an hour is enough time. But it was perfect because it ended in time for deadline. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's that's all about union. Well, and how that. awful does that look? You're trying to sell a league-owned team to an owner. Yeah, and, you know. But I understand the player safety. We and I was in this field, and 
I remember reading so there's lightning within ten kilometers still. Yeah. So was the st- even though there wasn't lightning in the TV pictures, there were still storms all around the area. Yeah, so so, so many. Contra- I get I get that part, Murray. Absolutely, I think it maybe even is just as much for the fans because they're watching, but. That thing that happened between Winnipeg and Edmonton, playing till two o'clock in the morning, yeah. it becomes a huge memory, a huge "I was yeah. there" moment. But you can't drag a game. It's the time that game started. How, eight. How do you wait on July first for two hours and five minutes, but then only wait for an hour? Yeah. Uh, not even two months later. Yeah. Uh, like it, you, you've demonstrated enough patience. Yeah. In in one case, but then okay, game's over an hour. There's so many contradictory things with regards to safety. Okay, we got we got <laughs> we're gonna play 18 games in a year, which is ridiculous. I know why they're doing it for revenue. We're gonna play 18 games. We're gonna make men play fly 20. across the country. Well, 20, yeah, fly <laughs> across the country, have five days between games or four days, but like it, it makes no yeah. sense. It, but 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 we're gonna be worried about lightning, and then we're gonna be worried about uh, practice uh, tackling, and you know. There's been a lot of missed shots on quarterbacks too. I thought we were supposed to have an extra guy to watch quarterbacks this year. You know, an extra set of eyes to watch quarterbacks. It's just been missed everything. Yeah. yeah. Although that said, I'm still not sure how Calgary got that one roughing the passer against Montreal. That was a phantom call. Well, I know. Like I don't oh, know how where they. The... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I just I don't know where they're pulling these out of. I just can't. And how believe... do you challenge a call at the goal line when you can't see that's, the ball? That's then there's no way Adams was in. There's no there way. was absolutely no way he was well, in. I guess he was. He was in. Like what? From <laughs> from what possible angle could they conclude that Vernon Adams was even within a foot of the goal line? But that's the problem. You can't tell. You and can't you, tell. It's a mishmash of players. I know what you're saying. But logically. He got, they got no surge. Yeah. They stuffed him. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm not sad. Calgary I mean, lost. You know I'm what? Really not sad. The Stampeders say they were robbed and. If you're down, if you're leading eleven points into the final two minutes by eleven in the, into the final two minutes and you lose the game, that's on you. Yeah. Feel, retrieve the onside kick, game over. Yeah. But honestly, some of the calls in that game, and I don't know, you know Dave Dickinson, just, he was just befuddled by it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what a what it seemed like every play was being reviewed forever by the command center, and then you don't understand the result. Yeah, like this has turned into such a mess, and yeah. we talk about. People's disincentive to watch the Canadian Football League. This is the kind of stuff that makes you turn you know, the televised to poker. Find a, a five minute delay to find out Bagleton's left foot is in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, did he have Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers. Did he have a game though? Bagleton four yeah, touchdowns. Was, big, and big. are you buying Vernon Adams? I didn't yeah. realize. I didn't realize you get rid of Cavus Reed and it goes this quickly. It's so yeah. good, but it's amazing what's what's been happening. Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca with a great story on Vernon Adams on the CFL.ca site, and it was his high school coaches and his university coaches wondering why isn't this guy playing up here, saying this game is suited to Vernon Adams, and he never got a chance to list. Well, he's had well, chances, but he's sure showing it. Gary Etcheberry talked to me at length, saying this: th- "This was last year, the year before. This guy is going to be a star in the league. Nobody's given him a chance. The Riders should hold on to this guy. This guy's going to be a star, and now he's finally uh, finding himself." Well, Montreal yeah. traded a first-round draft choice for him, yeah. yeah, and then gave him up. The Riders had him. People say the Riders gave him away. They didn't give him away. They traded him for Charleston Hughes, yeah, who's yeah. been a pretty notable player. Yeah, there. he hasn't been too bad, has so, he? No, yeah, yeah. What, what would you say about Micah Johnson? How would you grade him so far? Um, well, is F G H I J K elemental? I'm going to give him more of a passing game because they got to be. He's got to be creating some sort of impact to Charleston Hughes, and these guys are getting open. They're paying him two hundred fifty thousand dollars. He doesn't have a decoy. sack yet. I know. Yeah, I think he you takes can a say lot. Of, all you want, but yeah. there's no production, and they're going to be even like Zach Evans is still out for a while too with his hip yeah. injury. So yeah, 
and we don't know if Micah. I'm assuming Micah Johnson will be there. I tell you, today. back to Cody for a second and talking lines. One thing, you know, if we're looking at Jeremy O'Day, he did a great job getting that line intact and having it the way it is. Because we've gone the whole year, we haven't had Brandon Labat. Think about that. Yeah. Brandon Labat hasn't played, and this O line has been pretty sturdy the whole exactly. time. And they've had other injuries. They've had other injuries, and they've been able to hold up. So I mean, that's a and when you have a young quarterback like that. But let me ask you, five and three. Are you you only you only play the people you play? But are you buying the riders' record at five and three? Because whenever I pose that question to the to the listeners, they're like, "Well, I want to see them play Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg." Now, Winnipeg might be a bit different now with Strebler in there, but are you buying what you're seeing from the riders and from Cody with a five and three mark? Yes, because they beat the teams in front of them, and I know that sounds like a cliche. Yeah, they had to beat. BC, they had to beat yeah. Toronto. They had to beat teams to get there, and they, Montreal is a pretty good team. Storm shortened, whatever happened there. Yeah, like you can't. And I know what you're saying, and I, I say the same Montreal's thing. Montreal a pretty good team in that game. They had no quarterbacking. Oh, that's right. There was no reason for them to, so win, I, I, to, I, lose that, to win that I, game. I, I, that I've game. stuck up for the Riders. I, I have stuck up for the Riders in the sense that, like you said, you play who's in front of you. But let's be honest here. They played a Hamilton team with a quarterback making his first start. Yeah. They got smoked by a, a Calgary team with a guy making his first start. Okay. Uh, they beat BC twice. BC can't beat anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Toronto Argonauts. Well, mm, and and they beat the the Montreal Alouettes in a rain shortened game with the third Good, string quarterback. Yes, with a bad quarterback. I mean, I I do I I see the other side of it. Sorry, I see the other side of it, guys. I want to see them play Edmonton. Who I'm not. I think Edmonton's okay. They're not a juggernaut. That's yeah. the beauty of this league. Anybody can be beaten. I want to see them play some of these teams. Calgary again, maybe Winnipeg with Nichols. Well, see where they're at. That's the scheduling. Yeah. Heavy loaded towards the back yeah. end. And that's why the Riders. You know, they keep having the summer schedule with all these Eastern yeah. teams visiting. Yeah. Who are tough sells. It's like Ottawa's going to be a tough sell this weekend, too, even with family day. And now yeah. it gets but, tough because after this game, after the Labor Day game, there's there's a lot more road games than home games. At one stretch, they've got three games in a row on the road, mm-hmm. which I believe has not happened since 1974. Yeah. And they're starting to play these tougher teams. They're, they lucked out with Winnipeg because during the six games that Matt Nichols is supposed to be on the injured list, I think three of, the, three of those games are against Saskatchewan. Right. Including so, the back-to-backer, yeah. So that's a that's a but that in a way you could say that that evens the playing field because the Rough Riders were have been out without their who they thought there was going to be their starting quarterback since week since the third play of the season. Yeah, it's so amazing. that's just uh, that's equilibrium taking effect. But yeah, I want to see how they do against Calgary again. Now that they've had some time, they've played great football since they lost thirty-seven to ten. But I want to see okay, what's the next? How do they fare when they are next tested by a team of Calgary's caliber? Which and that Calgary team isn't what it used to be, but it's it's still Calgary. How do they do against Edmonton? Mm-hmm. I want to see that. How do they do against the Winnipeg team that even without Matt Nichols is is a very good football team? Yeah, I still think you there there are those benchmarks and those barometers, and they have to pass those tests before you can, I think, declare with more certainty that this is this is a team that is a legitimate upper tier football team. Do you think they won the Zach Claris trade already? No, <laughs> they won at the moment it was consummated. It's really and he's not even he's like how Jeff Toronto in desperate need of quarterbacking. And he's still he's, I think he's on the sixth game again, wasn't he? Put it back on the yeah. sixth game very quickly. How so. about how about come on. I, I know I'm I, I'm a stuck record here, but Michael O'Connor He's buried on a roster. Exactly. He's, a, he's the fifth quarterback. He's a like you want to talk about growing this game. I'm going to go off here. You want to <laughs> Do talk it. about growing this damn game? Bring it. Yep. You you gotta 
market your guys, okay? They don't know how to market anybody. In the NFL, it was Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos or Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They don't market the guys. Yeah, you have a couple of commercials, but they don't really make a concerted effort to mark any, market any stars. Bo Levi Mitchell, Cody Fajardo, like market the guys. And Canadians, give me a break. Michael O'Connor went to Penn State. I think he gets more mileage out of that than anything, but whatever. You have a we, six foot five, 230 pounds. The kid's built. He, like, let them play. We and create can, the incentive for them to can play. Can we not find another Russ Jackson? Like when we come up with our Canadian list, everybody put Russ Jackson at first. I talked to Bob Irving. I probably, if I ask you guys, the best Canadian ever is Russ Jackson. In a country of thirty some million, with football the way it is, and it and our coaching's better than ever at the amateur level. Can we not find a quarterback that could could? Take it to the next level. And can we not create a system whereby there is a roster incentive for them to play that quarterback? Well, the, the most ridiculous... It's discriminatory. Thing, Murray talked about it. We're going to go down to two quarterbacks, okay? Yeah. But here's the other funny thing. So let's just take... Uh, let's take... Uh, I always use Mason Nyes, but he's the first-year starter, Perry, uh, Regina Boy, okay? Another CKRM Yeah, legend. CKRM. There we go. i got to get a plug for CKRM. If you want to get sales, call Perry Nyes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> what's, his, what's his number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So... You got Mason Nice, who went to camp with the Riders, got kind of, he got okay reps, but not really, but got really concerted reps with the Calgary Stampeders. I talked to him, he had a great time there. Um, but you got Mason Nice. Why aren't we, why aren't we marketing? Why aren't we looking forward to try to build a guy? Like, think about this. This guy comes to Saskatchewan, you put some time and effort into the guy, put him on the roster as a third string quarterback. Who's our third string quarterback right now? Who is the third string quarterback? Exactly. Brian, Brian Bennett. He's exactly. Brian Bennett. He's yeah. a special team yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's a, and hey, does a great job. I'm not cutting yeah. Brian down. Mason Nice is our third string quarterback, or let's use Noah Picton because he's local. He's our third string quarterback. And think of the jersey sales. Think of the ticket sales. Just from a business side, side of things. And think of what that does for the grassroots. Nobody wants to play football because they can only play to a certain level, and then they can't be a quarterback. But what That's you ridiculous. get is coaches and GMs grumbling because they feel the Canadian talent pool is already extended far beyond what it should be. So, I mean, if you asked any coach in the league, he'd like to dress 24 or start 24 Americans. So you've got that built-in systemic bias against Canadians at the same t- at the same time they should be your lifeblood they should be your engine have it's you guys noticed in football league. have you noticed any impact players on the from the global 2.0 I've noticed I think the one I think the one some kicker out there is yeah and one kid uh one German kid got a strip sack for the bombers yeah. the other night he came around the corner I don't know his name um, I think Global 2.0 is they're trying to make it like American expansion. Remember back in the day when they had the American expansion? It was to save the league, right? Yeah, that was a, a cash grab. They had a couple of good uh, teams, the Sacramento, uh, and then they had, of course, uh, uh, the, the Baltimore, Baltimore team. But other than that, it was just a cash grab. I think we're trying – like if you're the States and, and the NFL and you're going to Mexico or whatever, that's great. Go to England. You've already got your back door. You already got your own backyard covered. We don't have that here. No. We don't know how to market. We can't get people in our own stadiums. You think somebody in Germany, just because one guy is playing, is going to make and, all the difference a in the world? Here's what bothers me. I look. At, I was looking through the Rams Holy roster smokes, last night. I was all looking at right. some of the some of the players <laughs> in the Rams, and of course, you get to, to Ryan Shinbein. Yeah. Okay. The, the Riders have got a token international spot the guy is a mannequin on the sidelines they've got and in most cases they've got these mannequins everywhere they've got to dress one of these european or mexican players and there he stands and if somebody needs gatorade or an umbrella held over them that's their job but then you look at the ryan shinbines of the world why who have grown up watching this game have played it at a high level 
why aren't why aren't the why isn't the league more concerned with making sure that somebody like a Ryan Shinbine will eventually get an opportunity as opposed to here's the token Mexican well, is that mannequin, the token you is, is that team is that mannequin on the sidelines that you call them the mannequin on the riders? Is he make the team better or does Mitch Pickton make the team better? Thank you. Does yeah. Mitch Pickton uh, uh, and that's where I want to go with O'Connor. Sorry you got sidetracked here, been up early. Um <laughs> Mike O'Connor, if he is <clears throat> He's a Canadian train guy, okay? He's a Canadian born and bred. That's why he's going with Nias. Nias grows up in Regina, plays for the Riffle Royals, goes to the U of S Huskies. He stayed in Canada. His parents have paid taxes. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a Canadian, okay? He goes to the CFL. He's a quarterback, and he does, if he makes a roster, he doesn't count as a Canadian unless he gets on the field. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But Matt Schiltz can have a job playing quarterback in the CFL, and and Pipkin, who was totally out of his element when the Riders played Montreal. Never mind that. All You're... these awful American quarterbacks, and the Canadians don't get a shot. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got. But if but if a if a guy comes from Mexico and comes to a Canadian university for three years, he's designated a Canadian. That's what the that's what it is. But my own guy who's in Canada, who's been trained in Canada, who was born in Canada, who's lived in Canada, if he gets on, he's not a Canadian at quarterback until he gets on the field. That makes absolutely no sense. There's no way they can explain that to me. It makes not, it's, even our commissioner's biased against the CFL, against it's, Canada. It's just, you think about Michael so Connor, who was yeah. the Riders' first round pick this year? Justin McKinnis. McKinnis. And how much of an impact has he had? He, he's been battling injuries. Yeah, been battling injuries, yeah. I thought the Riders should have taken O'Connor. I still maintain that. I think O'Connor was the solid pick. Take him, develop him. But you've you can do with an offensive lineman. Why Take not? him. Yes. Let him hang around for three years before he gets like, look, now actually, you know, you think of guys like Braden Sham and stuff. The guys learn the game and then they can play. So why not take O'Connor? Let him sort of sit on the bench and learn what everything's going on. And it's, he's, I think he can play. I, what, I've watched him win the, win the Vanier Cup. Yeah. The kid, he, he's as big and as strong as any Canadian, any American quarterback out there. And he doesn't get a chance. And the Argos, heading into their ninth game, have a huge problem with five quarterbacks yes. on their rosters. And someone's getting released. And who knows what it's going to be? Who knows what they're going to do? About, but I think the Riders should keep an eye out for O'Connor. I think he'd be it. Yeah. I, regardless. I, and he can do it regardless of any sort of incentives. He can do it. I think he's good enough that he can do it without. Well, our, you know, our third-string quarterback's a little different because he actually goes in the field I and know. makes plays doing yeah. other things. But how many times at the end of the year would you say, you know what? You know, the Riders would have won the Grey Cup if we had a better we'd have had a better third string quarterback. <laughs> like like yeah. really, what is it hurting? What is it what is it hurting to bring a kid and I'm not saying a token kid. You got kids with talent that can play quarterback in this league, Hugo Richard or whatever, you yeah. know, from down east. You put him on a roster, like Murray suggested, you develop him, you grow the NBA, the NFL is big because there's a... I talked about this with you before, probably last time I was on here. There's a guy in Alabama who is wants to be the next Kyler Murray. And he has a chance because he feels like he has a dream. He could be... There's... I don't have no... Like, I don't... And now they want to cut Canadians? Well, we might go seven to five and we might... Or you got these fake Canadians that if you play three years with yes, the same team or four that's years... the other part like, of it. They're, they're who's figured these... that one out yet? <laughs> well, and that's going to be an absolute mess and it's yeah. open to total... We don't limitation. have to worry about it with one-year contracts. Everybody. Exactly. Yeah, anyways, it's be... But it's just... It, the, the whole attitude or, or a lot of the attitude is you're treating Canadians as these second-class citizens in the Canadian Football League, and you're thumbing your nose at the developmental system in the process. What kind of message does that send? But we've got a token, we've got a token roster spot for a, for a Mexican or a German 
who's yeah. just going to stand there by and large. What is this? This is lunacy. Yes, and then maybe we don't have a Neil Hughes who goes into the Ryder Plaza of Honor. Isn't that great that Neil Hughes, yes. the local yep. guy that we, him and I joke, he's the Métis missile. He he is going into the Ryder <laughs> Plaza of Honor. That is, it's going to be a great weekend for him and Kerry Joseph. Kerry Joseph, we look at what he's done for this team. Very yeah. short term. You know, yeah. we didn't have, and I wonder if the Plaza of Honor committee wrestled with that aspect of how long. It came up. How long is there? But he won a great cup. and He was the most outstanding player in the league. How yeah. do you not put Kerry Joseph in the Plaza of Honor? And I'll, I'll also so does submit... Does Corey Chamberlain get in the Plaza of Honor too? I think eventually he will. Brandon Tamman, I think eventually mm-hmm. will. But if you look at Kerry Joseph and the impact he had in 2007, I don't think this is hyperbole. If, Car- if Kerry Joseph doesn't have the season that he had, and granted he had Ken Austin, a lot of great people around him, but if Kerry Joseph doesn't have that magical season in 2007... Are they, is there a new stadium? If they don't have that season in 2007 that's the impetus and the catalyst for everything, they're probably still playing in Taylor Field. That's how enormous his impact yeah, was. That's a good point. And yeah. he didn't have a star-studded roster on offense. They had a good old line. They had serviceable receivers. I, if you look at their receiving core in that 2007 Great Cup game, Michael Palmer, yeah, Corey it was, Grant. It was Andy Fantuz and, and... Yo Murphy was starting. Yo Murphy. DJ it was, was Fantuz and Flick yeah. and, and hope that Wes Cates... Dominguez was hurt. Yeah. Dominguez was hurt. I, yeah. yeah. Like he, Michael he, Palmer started in that game. And he, and he, Yo and, Murphy started in that And he game. had one of the most iconic plays in Rider history. That Labor Day run. That's yeah, got to be one draw. of the most... Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm getting waved at. And I yeah, don't think Mark is saying hello to us. So... Um, just quick thoughts. The Riders have four games to the next bye week. The last bye week, they went 4-0. and Do you think they can do it again? Do what again? Go 4-0 and in this stretch of bye week before the next bye week. Winning in Winnipeg's tough. Yeah. Trust the Jets this coming season. Um, I, I, Winning I, the Jets, yeah, without Matt Nichols. But. Um, I, I still think, I mean, they've lost, to, if they lost, they've lost in Winnipeg, Detroit, Cop. Yeah. So uh, I, that's true. I right? think they'll go three and one in this stretch. I think that could. Okay, so they've that, got that Ottawa, Winnipeg, 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 Winnipeg Montreal. Montreal. Three and one, but not the way he thinks. It's going to go win, 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 lose to Montreal at home. Yeah, yeah. I oh. think Vernon Adams and the, Al's got a good defense. They got a good team. That's well, I was just told they didn't. If they, if they no, I said they didn't. That the, well, the Riders played yeah. because of the fortuitous. <laughs> if they go into oh, okay. Cal- if they go into anyway. Cal- if they go into Calgary. And beat Calgary. They could come in here and beat, beat, beat us. Uh, wait a minute here. Hold on. We're going to read this. We need a radio voice, too. Uh, no, I'm going to – I just this just in. Uh, the Ryder-Ottawa uh, game, there's a 30% chance of rain. The Riders win. They're going to call the game. <laughs> I think there's a 30% chance of Ottawa I don't think we get thunderstorms in August anymore, do we? Anyway, <laughs> I better, we, be... we better end yeah, this before we're long, uh, we've gone long. Um, Ballsy. Thank you. Thank you. So, is there anything they'd like to say about your various – products no various, no i'm good the brand no, that is michael Ball. i'm good I'm growing the ha- game do you I'm, want to plug it at i'm all? just happy just hey, that's what we do we try to grow the game as you heard i like the rant on canadian so if you ever want to check that out growing the game with ballsy yep uh murray mccormick yes, uh, michael yeah. ball uh i'm me and i've got to read this or i'll be shot if you enjoy the podcast please leave a review and a five-star rating it helps us grow the podcast you can subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher whatever that is, or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, and we never get questions, so please do, you can email me at (laughs) rvanstone at postmedia.com, and we'll read it on the show, and we'll also send you a gift. You can follow (laughs) Rob on Twitter at at Rob Vanstone, Murray at MurrayLP. Where can we find you on Twitter or social media? At Ballsy72. Gifts. Do I check under my chair like Oprah? Do I win something? (laughs) 
We'll give you a free edition of the Leader Post. Oh, good. <laughs> and we'll throw easy laden. Yeah. For Murray, for Ballsy, I'm Rob. Thank you so much. We'll do this again <laughs> next week, number 65. Take care. <laughs>